0: In this episode, we'll look at the difference between a vapour and a gas. We'll look at the definitions of critical temperature and pressure, and the concepts of saturated vapour pressure and the latent heat of vaporisation. So, what's the difference between a vapour and a gas? A substance is said to be in its gaseous phase when the average kinetic energy of all of its particles is so high that it overcomes all of the attractive forces between them. If you were to compress these particles together, they would get closer and closer, And, eventually, if the average energy is below a certain point, the particles get so close together that they attract each other and condense out into liquids. If a gaseous substance can be compressed so much that it condenses into a liquid, then it is called a vapour. However, if the particles have a really high average energy, and therefore a really high temperature, then no matter how much pressure you apply, you will not be able to compress the particles into a liquid. This is because that internal kinetic energy will always be more than the attractive forces between the particles. The temperature above which this happens is the critical temperature. Another way of saying this is the critical temperature is the temperature above which a substance cannot be turned into a liquid, regardless of the amount of pressure that is applied. A gas is a substance above its critical temperature. It therefore can never be compressed into a liquid even under extreme pressures. At the critical temperature, the substance can only be turned into a liquid by applying the critical pressure. So, the critical pressure is the pressure required to liquefy a vapour at the critical temperature. A good anaesthetic example of the difference between a gas and a vapour are oxygen and nitrous oxide. Oxygen's critical temperature is minus 118 degrees Celsius, so it is a gas at room temperature. That means that despite the extremely high pressures inside an oxygen cylinder, 137 bar for a standard type E that you see on the back of the anaesthetic machine, it remains in the gaseous phase. Nitrous oxide, however, has a critical temperature above room temperature, about 36.5 degrees. This means that it is a vapour. That is why it is mostly a liquid when stored in a size E cylinder, despite the much lower pressure of 44 bar. The pressure that is measured here is actually the saturated vapour pressure of nitrous at this temperature. In a vacuum-insulated evaporator, that's the giant tanks of oxygen that you see on hospital grounds, oxygen is stored well below its critical temperature, and therefore can be stored as a liquid at high pressures. This makes them the most space-efficient way of storing oxygen for a hospital. Another reason that these differences are important is that nitrous oxide cylinder pressure cannot be used to gauge how full they are. The pressure will equal 44 bar until it is almost completely empty, then it'll abruptly plummet down to zero. However, you are able to use the gauge pressure to determine the filling status of an oxygen cylinder. The pressure decreases linearly with the amount of oxygen left, as per the ideal gas laws. A volatile substance is one that exists as an equilibrium between both its liquid and vapour phases, with a reasonable amount of it in the vapour phase. This vapour, like any other gaseous substance, exerts a partial pressure. This is also known as a vapour pressure. The saturated vapour pressure, or SVP, is the pressure exerted by a vapour that is in contact with, and at equilibrium with, its liquid phase, in a closed container at a specific temperature. SVP is dependent only on the temperature of the liquid, and it increases with temperature. When the SVP is equal to ambient pressure, so that's atmospheric pressure in most cases, the substance is at its boiling point, and it is all converted into the gaseous phase. Agents are said to be more volatile if they have a higher proportion of themselves in the gaseous phase, and so have a higher SVP. For example, water is not classically thought of as a very volatile substance but it's actually in equilibrium with its gaseous phase, water vapour. But the SVP of water, also known as the water vapour pressure, at 20 degrees is only about 2.6 kilopascals, whereas a very volatile agent, such as desflurane, has an SVP at 20 degrees of over 80 kilopascals. Okay, so now we've got a bit of a handle on the behaviour of vapours. Let's look at the latent heat of vaporisation. When a substance vaporises, it is the most energetic particles in the liquid phase that become the vapour. You can think of the process as requiring particles to reach a certain speed in order to escape the liquid phase. Particles that are too slow just get held close to the other particles by the attractive forces between them. So, as you're vaporising something, you're only losing the most energetic particles. And so the average kinetic energy of the remaining liquid must have decreased. This is seen as a reduction in temperature of the remaining liquid. The energy lost when a substance is converted to the vapor phase is called the latent heat of vaporization. It can also be seen as the energy cost of changing the phase of a substance. In fact, this process happens when you go from the solid phase to the liquid phase. In this circumstance, the energy is called the latent heat of crystallization. This same phenomenon gives us a strange effect when heating substances. If you were to heat a substance, say ice, from below its freezing point to well above its boiling point, and kept a track of its temperature, you would see that at the phase changes – so the melting of ice and the boiling of water – the temperature would remain constant until the entire volume had been converted to the new phase. So when a block of ice reaches zero degrees, it does not increase in temperature until it has all melted. The heat energy you're adding is being spent on the changing of its phase, or the latent heat of crystallization. In fact, this gives us the scientific definition of a melting point. A melting point is the temperature at which both the liquid and the solid phases are in equilibrium with each other at a given pressure. This effect also happens when you boil water. In fact, you can use a Bunsen burner to boil water held in a paper cup without it catching fire. As paper is generally so thin that it conducts heat well, all the heat from the flame is is transmitted through it, so the paper stays roughly the same temperature as the water. The water will increase in temperature, but it won't go over 100 degrees until it's all boiled away. As 100 degrees is below the flame point of the paper, it doesn't catch fire. Now, please don't try this at home. There are plenty of YouTube videos online that will show you this experiment. But if you are going to try it yourselves, then remember to use a very thin paper cup, because if it's too thick, it might not conduct heat well enough, and it will catch fire. Well, I think that's probably enough for this episode. Today you've learned the definitions of critical temperature and pressure, the fact that a gas is a substance above its critical temperature, so it cannot be compressed into a liquid, and the fact that saturated vapour pressure only varies with temperature, and you've also learned a bit about the latent heat of vaporisation. Thanks so much for listening. If you've liked this episode, please feel free to subscribe through your podcast player of choice. You can also find all of these episodes online at planaprimary.co.uk. Remember, this entire series is going to be published absolutely free, So please share this with anyone who you think might find it useful. If you've got any questions, feedback, or just want to request a topic, feel free to email me at questions at planaprimary.co.uk or you can leave a comment by this episode online.